I'm Dino Busalaki, the Chief Technology Officer and OT Guy at Delta Technology. Hi, I'm Jim, the COO and IT Guy. And I'm Craig Duckworth, President and CEO. You're listening to the Industrial Cybersecurity Insider Show. In each episode, we bring you the inside scoop on the world of industrial cybersecurity. We talk about everything you don't know. That you should know. So plug in and power up. The show's about to get started. Welcome to this podcast episode where Dino and I will be talking about... Dino, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about Operational Technology, ICS, Cybersecurity Talent. That's a good topic. Looking for people. People that know how to operate within these control system environments and can secure and protect them. Right. I always find, well, one, just explaining that to somebody, much less finding somebody that understands that's always a challenge. Well, ideally, you'd like for these individuals to have a manufacturing background, an industrial background, which you usually find in engineering, operation, facilities types of folks. If they went to college to be an engineer during their internship programs, they probably worked at a plant for a period of time. So they have some exposure to an industrial environment and and what it looks like, what it means to be there from a safety perspective, just from an operational perspective, you know, how things are made, machine centers, all the stripes of the plant floor. Yeah. Well, that's a great point because, you know me, I came from the IT side. So you're my exposure to this. And over the past few years of working together here at Delta, I'm learning it from the IT side out going, holy cow, this is a whole thing. When we start talking about talent, then where do we get it from? What I found interesting is, and you know these two people, one's my daughter, one's my now son-in-law. They're both chemical engineers, right? And if somebody wants to know who they are, that's what LinkedIn is for. I'm sure you'll be able to find them. But they're chemical engineers and they work on the floor. They're always calling and talking. I'm a proud dad, I'm gonna brag about them, but they're interested in trying to understand this stuff And they're running processes and they've been into our office a couple of times and we've shown them our lab and shown us some things. And they're like, wow, nobody even taught us about this stuff in school. They're smart individuals, did very well in their class. They had their degree and they're running these processes and they don't know. They're like, holy cow, that's that's how that stuff works. And so we're not even getting out of the engineering programs, much the cybersecurity programs out there. All right. Well, the discipline is a little different, right? Because from a control system perspective, the schools that have cybersecurity programs are, are predominantly teaching that IT side of the equation, the technologies they have, the solutions that they have, the processes on that side of the fence, where on the plant floor, those processes are different, right? You got connected physical systems, kinetic things that are driven by digital outcomes. So from an engineering perspective, They understand that because they're the ones that are programming those PLCs or the ones that are developing those SCADA systems. They're familiar with that machine's operation process. And and so from an IT perspective is how do you get them to understand that? You get to that triad of confidentiality, integrity, availability, which is what the primary drivers are from a cybersecurity perspective for IT. On the OT world, it's availabilities. First, then integrity, then confidentiality, right? You just can't switch off a machine because there's something bad going on. It has a process to shut it down. If it's a furnace or a reactor, those things have a series of events to get to to get them to a safe state. You just can't flip the switch and turn them off. You can damage the equipment. You can damage product. You can create environmental hazard of some sort. People can get hurt. The engineering teams understand that. 
IT doesn't necessarily understand it because they don't work on the plant floor every day, all day, like these operational technology teams do. So how do you instill that understanding in, in that group of people who are trying to help develop a cybersecurity defensible architecture around that environment. You know, you just can't drop a firewall at the head end of the plant and call it a day. In many of the cases, you can't even run endpoint protection on a lot of those Windows operating systems that are out there driving these machines. So in order for them to be successful, both sides have to work together. It's really important. You want them to be aligned, you want them to be transparent, and you want them to be collaborative. And, and that's always been one of the challenges because IT folks, they're usually not even at the plant, at that level, that caliber. When you're looking for a serious, well-certified firewall cybersecurity professional, chances are they're not working in that manufacturing site. Right. So it's the IT, OT disciplines that we're seeing that kind of cause the issue exists in the education that's out there right now. So we've got our engineering programs that are still training and producing and teaching the same way. And we have our IT cybersecurity programs still training and educating in the same way. And the gaps haven't closed. So that then you get to this talent issue. And no wonder every time we're talking to, especially coming out of schools, they both don't understand. So the gap that exists causes the problem and has the issue for what we're looking at now that's an industry issue. The whole ITOT competition here, convergence, cooperation, collision that we talk about, it exists in the actual training programs that are out there now. And so you have to come from one side or the other and venture the other way. So we've talked about this. Like you were just saying, the IT people have to understand, well, okay, well, there's some similar technologies. There's some similar approaches. But if you use your technologies with your approaches, you're going to cause problems. On the engineering side, you have to kind of wake up and go, hey, you need to understand what's running those machines. There's some pretty big physical health safety production outcomes if you don't understand and you're putting up an insecure system or a vulnerable system. System. That gets to what are some of the things we've talked about attacking that, at least from the ground floor for like coming from a discipline, like taking an OT person. How do you develop the OT talent then if they're coming from that side? Because I think then we can talk about the opposite side of bringing the IT people over. Yeah. I, I mean, my experience traditionally has been getting OT people to learn networking and cybersecurity and because they're already used to working in that industrial environment. It's hostile as it might be. And what I mean by hostile, it's dirty, it's noisy, it's dangerous, and it's got all these activities going on. It's the concrete floor. It's always been easier to work with those groups because they know the things inside the four walls of that plant and teach them some of these skills. I've seen this with networking, and I've also seen it with security. It's much easier to work with those folks than it is to take an IT professional and move them the other direction and say, today or for the next year, you're going to work in the industrial space. Your new job is not working for the CIO per se, but you're working for plant operations, plant management, or engineering or whoever is responsible for those assets. It's right. Like, you come from the OT side, so you're always going to say those guys are easier yeah. to train than those guys over on the IT side where I come from. But I'm not going to disagree with you there. <laughs> well, it's done in the uniform, right? I mean, sometimes right. you got to wear the safety shoes and the hard hat and the high-vis vest and the safety glasses and hearing protection, eye protection when you're out there on the plant floor, right? It's not air-conditioned, right? Yeah, you know, indeed, I think that's a big part of it. you got to live the life. you got to understand the four walls. you got to understand that environment you're working in. you got to understand what's job one when you're working at a plant. Safety. Right? What's job right. two? 
is production. Right. Get it out the door. Reduce Fish, unplanned right? unscheduled downtime. That's foreign to the IT realm and you coming out of there, right? That gets back to that availability versus confidentiality. Yeah, yeah. and so that gets foreign. So I tend to agree in this space and where we are now, I think there's a lot of opportunity to go, okay, can we take people out of the operational floor? And, And I think part of it is generationally, if you think about it, your engineers and your your operators now, they've grown up with computers. So they have some basic knowledge. They understand. They go, everybody's got one now. You know, Ten years ago, you guys that were engineers, did they? Well, no, maybe it was introduced a little later in life. But where we stand right now, your operators or your engineers or your maintenance managers, those guys, they already have a basic understanding of computers. Yeah. But what they've got is they get that core of understanding what's going on in the four walls, right? Yeah, you make a great point. That's an excellent point. It's time has come because in order for this to really work well, because, again, culturally, you mentioned culture. Sometimes these ITOT organizations are very polarizing. They don't mesh well together. And so IT will stay away. You know, like I said, they will keep an arm's length distance away. But when you start talking about cybersecurity, those people on the plant floor are immediately going to point their finger at IT and go, well, that's their job. That's their responsibility. It's not my responsibility. And then when you look at the machine centers, you start opening up those panels and you show the PLCs and those HMIs that are out there on the drives and the robots and the AGVs and the pumps and motor control centers and all these, again, physical connected systems. IT will turn around and tell you, yeah, well, that's not my responsibility. And so if it's not yours, then whose is it? Right. Well, let's talk about that then from the IT side. So we talked about like the OT group and then I think generationally, culturally, you're getting to a point where they've got the core understanding of how they plan. And if they've got the potential and the desire to go into this space, I think it's an easier transition, like you were saying. But from the IT side now, right? So how do you get the IT side over? And I'll open with a couple of comments. And I'm going to say most, if not all. And I spent a career in IT. The only thing at most, most (laughs) IT, and then you get down into cybersecurity IT, well, they're a little different. They're a different breed, right? And finding the ones that got into cybersecurity and IT, they're not the same people that are going to step on that floor. And they're quite frankly, probably the people that the guys on the floor make fun of. I mean, you always say they're going to go, you with the sandals and the shorts and the hang 10 t-shirt, get off my plant floor. You're I, I've, I've seen for that. It, right? Not right, necessarily yeah. sandals and shorts, but not having the proper PPE on and being caught in the wrong spot right? Right, and being right. escorted out. Yeah, yeah. Because right? I mean, it's not often that they're sitting at their desk and their monitor might fall over and kill them. So they're not, <laughs> they're not looking for these physical things. You're walking, you're going to get run over by a forklift or a machine door opening or chains moving or just all the different things that could go on in a plant. That, that doesn't even touch the realm of somebody that's sitting in the cybersecurity. So then we start thinking about, well, it's cybersecurity and they're on the IT side. And we've interviewed uh, kids and experienced people coming through here, trying to find the right mix for us and, and what we do. And it's different, especially with the cybersecurity. And don't get me wrong, there are cybersecurity roles out there that are in dire need that are very, very technical. They're very technical. Oh, they spend a lot of time in there and what we call screen time. They might even have 10 screens or one, you know, whatever that might be. A lot of that generation that's gone and trained in cybersecurity think that's what all cybersecurity is about. And some are probably, that's where they should be. But trying to take those people and move them into OT, I think, is the wrong answer. Yeah. Well, and I think what we've witnessed, too, is you have that skill and those solutions on that IT side. But what we've witnessed is them penetrating into the end, you know, 
trying to do, do their due diligence, trying to do the right thing, want to do the right thing, but only to cripple the right. So you have the inverse of I'm trying to do the right thing. It's like no good deed, good punished, right? And so here they to to do their due diligence and try to learn about the plant floor with the tools that they have and these control systems, you know, are you know, ex- outside, you know, outside pressure, so to speak. And so they fail, right? They'll come, fault, they'll go safe. And all of a sudden, I'm back to my problem, my number right. one and two problems. I got a safety issue and I've got downtime, you know, which is costly. And, and we see that, right? We see that everywhere we go all the yeah, time. Yeah, everywhere. you and I have fought that battle in a couple of times. The guys on the floor are like, well, hey, that, I mean, all this is further the divide, right? right? It furthers the divide and says, you guys... I don't know what those knuckleheads are doing in there behind their screens, but all I know is our line shut down right. this week for a couple hours, and they probably did it. They right? pushed out a patch, or they booted a switch, or they're port scanning and ping sweeping right. my control systems. So I'm going to take that a little further now. So that's a big group of cybersecurity, people that think that's cybersecurity, and a lot of people that are in cybersecurity think that's what cybersecurity is, sitting behind a screen and looking at that stuff. But if we're trying to get somebody out of there, just like we talked about getting the OT guys kind of to come come across and trying to get the IT guys to come across, I can't get my arm around this, come across so that they can meet in the middle. One of the struggles that I see is there's a lot of people going into cybersecurity and think that. They think that's what cybersecurity is. And they think, hey, at least I can get a job. But there's nothing out there. Well, I shouldn't say there's nothing. It isn't as evident out there that there is this other discipline. And it should be another discipline, quite frankly. How do we find a way to go, hey, are you interested in cybersecurity and like to wear steel toe shoes? Because we got a great job for you. (laughs) Well, to me, it comes back to the ecosystem of suppliers in this space. OEMs, the system integrators. So you can take the big ones like Rockwell and Siemens and Schneider and Emerson and GE. And then you get into those specific OEMs that build those machine centers. They're going to have to start bringing a lot of these tools and technologies and services through that channel because they're the group, they're the trusted advisor that the OT people buy from, right? And when they start speaking that language, and I'm talking about their trusted advisor who that manufacturer buys from, they're going to have to start bringing this conversation to the table. They're going to have to start putting some of these tools in the equipment that they provide, and they're going to have to start working through a bigger, broader view of what kind of safety and security measures from a uh, cybersecurity perspective do you have in your plan? You bring up an interesting point, and we hadn't even thought about this. I know we talk about this all the time. So there's engineering schools out there, and Rockwell and Siemens and those guys and Schneiders, all the other guys are providers, and they probably put mm-hmm. stuff out there for those schools, yeah, for yeah. their engineering schools. Sure, they absolutely do. We need to get that same thing over into the CompSci cybersecurity program. Yeah. Right, so Rockwell, if you're listening, you know, give us give us a call. We got a couple of programs we can talk to you about. At least right now, today's generation to find out that that is an option. Why isn't that connected at the school level? Because I'm sure they're funding at some level. I mean, it, they do. We don't, we don't have the Rockwell money yet to fund the cybersecurity, but and, but, and they yeah, provide their technology sure. to the schools. Rockwell, right, does. right. You know, they give them PLCs and SCADA software for their engineering programs. Purdue and Rolla, and you can think of some of the big engineering schools that participate in these programs. But I haven't seen that cybersecurity piece as a part of that. And right now, when you look at those cybersecurity tools, you know, what are those that are specific for the OT 
space. And it's not that any of these companies own that just yet, right? These are still independent organizations, software companies, Dragos, Nozomi, Clarity, Armist, what have you, are part of this ecosystem. But right now, they're not really attached to any of those automation technology vendors. They, they are partners, don't get me wrong. There's been investment, don't get me wrong. But you know, getting it into the university level, like that executive from the meeting that I had on Monday was asking that specific question, right? Is this happening? And the short answer is not in a broad brush stroke, it's not. You know, There's some smart folks that figured out we need to do this and they've started, but we've got a long way to go. It's interesting because it's always like, well, what are the schools focused on and how long does it take them to respond to what the demand is out there? I think the demand's just opening up where, like you said, the, these companies are saying, hey, where do, where do I get talent? And it's like, well, the schools are, are they really going to build programs unless they see a bunch of open OT cybersecurity jobs out there? Or, you know, what's is a chicken before the egg? I think you got to kind of attack it from all sides. So that'd be interesting. One of the other things that we've been talking about schools up, and even though the OT side probably has some experience training, like we said, you could have a few years and come across. But what about even ComSci? I, I think we've talked to a couple of groups that were retraining into cybersecurity. And some of them, it was really interesting because they were getting into cybersecurity and they're doing retraining. And they were doing that because they like technology and like the job. But we talked to a couple of them that were like, holy cow, I, this sounds better because I worked in a warehouse or, you know, I was doing tool dive before this. I, I understand that. And that would be really cool to put it together. So I think that's an opportunity. And then there's the other, yeah, should individual companies be hiring them? I mean, what's the challenge there for a company that's going, okay, we need one OT security guy? What do you think the challenge is there? Well, from a manufacturing perspective, most manufacturers, just generally speaking, have multiple plants in their fleet. It's not just one. You need multiple because each manufacturing facility is different. No one plant is one particular automation technology product. You're not going to find one plant that's 100% Rockwell, per se, or 100% Siemens. And so there's a blend of automation technologies in there. And then as you go across different continents, different countries, you're going to find different cultures. And what I mean by that is just the way that they operate. So how are you going to determine a manufacturing facility here and how you secure and protect what's going on in that is not going to be the same way you're going to deal with the plant, let's say, in South America that has a flat network. It's untrusted compared to one that's maybe a little bit in North America might be designed different little hierarchical design. You know, they've created VLANs, they have micro segmentation. So the security practice will vary by zone, by region, by company, even in the same company. I think that's where a lot of folks tend to miss because IT is more standardized, right? right, right. Centralized right. versus decentralized. Right. And the plants are very decentralized in the way that they're set up and structured. Well, and, you know, at that point actually kind of lends itself to taking somebody from the OT side. If an individual company is trying to shore up their resources and build some skills and capabilities, then, and you and I have talked about this, we think there needs to be somebody at the plant, just like there's a safety manager, right. there's a there's yeah, yeah. a cyber ops manager. And is yep. it a full-time role or is it somebody's role in responsibility and whatever they might do? We've gone through this. So that would be interesting. And I think if a company's trying to do that, my opinion would be, okay, I got some plants out there. I need to have somebody at that plant they don't need to be the expert about all the cybersecurity and the threat, but they almost need to be a cyber ops. They need to understand how everything's connected and working 
behind the scenes at their plant in the network so that they can work with somebody from yeah. the tree. Yeah, treat it like safety. If you think about all manufacturers have a person or a group of people who have the responsibility for safety to making sure that new people coming on site, whether it's onboarding or visitors, guests that are coming into work, go through safety training before you get on the plant floor. Make sure you have on the proper PPE based on the environment in which you're working in our facility. Where to go if an alarm goes off, muster points around the plant. Hazardous material shipping in and out of the facility, right? And so it's a very similar role. These folks have other jobs. They have normal jobs, but they also wear that particular hat around safety. I think that will be the way that this will be done in the manufacturing space around cybersecurity is there will be one or a few people assigned that cybersecurity role. So if you got a new machine center coming into your plant, let's say you're putting a new packaging line in and you're working with the engineering teams and the OEMs, there will be those questions around what kind of cybersecurity measures controls are going to be in this new machine center that you're bringing in. Am I going to have collection servers to collect metadata at certain pieces of this plant that I can feed to my OT IDS platform that I have that's either on-prem here at the plant or in the cloud? And other practices around that, when you connect in, it's like well, when you connect in to this environment, what do you need to see? What's going to talk to this new machine center and what's it need to talk to? Right. I would say, Dino, even though, even more basic than that, the engineers, the SIs that are coming in there and plugging their laptops in. I mean, who's in charge of saying, hey, is that thing clean, right? What, what are you plugging into my network? Well, right. And, and you know this. If we go into 10 plants, eight of them will let us take our laptops and plug it right into their network. And nobody scans our machines. Nobody's making sure that it's not carrying any malware on it. They're not making sure that I'm not connecting to something else in their plant instead of the area we're supposed to be working. We see that with remote access, too. Since COVID and even prior to that, remote access to these environments is typically free and unfeathered. Once I gain access, into the environment, you know, and if I'm supposed to be working on packaging line one filler, but yet I can see packaging lines four, five, six, and seven, and I can see utilities and I can see the mixing and blending vessels and the AGVs that are on there. If I have access to that, that just demonstrates the lack of cybersecurity within that facility. Yeah. We got to wrap it up here. I'll give my, what I think summary, because I mean, we wanted to talk about, well, how do you get it? How do you get talent in this space? You got to build it and you got to think about where you're coming from. Are you coming from the IT side? Are you coming from the OT side? It's not like you're going to find something in the middle. And you really have to think about, well, what are you trying to do? If you're a big OEM like a Rockwell, you, I mean, you guys got to go build it. You got to go get down into those schools and programs and try and build that up. But if you're a client, Think from that OT side, because you can always go out and get those experts, but nobody's going to know that facility and your product and your production better than you are. And so try and grow them that way and try and meet these things together without looking for that unicorn that just doesn't exist. Yep. I mean, it's almost like going back to networking 30 plus years ago. We didn't have the talent to build the enterprise class, data center, cloud, WAN, campus networks 30 years ago when, when companies like Cisco Systems were coming out with their switching routing platforms of that caliber and class. They had to grow them. Now you look at the tech schools and you look at the universities programs that they have 
for networking classes and the certifications that you can get for them. And then IT went looking for that talent. So when they were hiring somebody, they were looking for that background and experience working with Cisco systems. Same thing that they do on the plant floor. If you're looking for a Rockwell guy who's really good at programming PLCs, and you go to an engineering school where they do that, you'll find that. Right. But what you're not finding right now are folks that have an industrial background that are also cybersecurity professionals. Right, right, right. So you have to assemble it together and recognize what what kind of world we're living in and build it from your perspective, whether you're coming from the provider or you're the actual end manufacturer, put it together, right? So, well, this was good. Hopefully everyone stuck to the end and enjoyed it as much as Dino and I did because we never know where these things are going to go. So uh, appreciate everyone listening in and look forward to talking and catching up again, Dino. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Industrial Cybersecurity Insider Podcast. To stay up to date with our latest episodes, be sure to click the follow or subscribe button now. And if you found this podcast helpful or have a topic you'd like us to cover, please leave us a review or let us know. If you're interested in learning more about Velta technology and how you can get safer sooner, visit veltatech.com. That's V-E-L-T-A tech.com. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.